Hi everybody, it's Jack. It's the Week in Wrestling, Episode 5, Chapter 5, Volume 5, Episode 5, Issue 5, Act 5, Article 5. I'm going to feel pretty stupid when this turns out to be uh, number 6. There were uh, some things that happened in wrestling. It's not quite as intense as it's been the past few weeks, which is nice. Um, just the way uh, things have, the, the timing of things has gone. Uh, we're, we're mostly done with the freestyle events. No major international tournaments uh, on the horizon. No uh, U.S. pro cards for the next few weeks, so it's... Uh, mostly going to be college. I'm going to recap the um, Pen Wrestling uh, Pen RTC Summit One. Uh, the the main event was Nate Jackson against Mark Hall. I talked about this a little bit uh, in the preview, saying that um, Hall is really good defensively, but does not have a ton of offense at this level. And I thought he'd have issues going up to uh, 86. Uh, Jackson is a full size 86. Jackson. Um, has the, the length and speed combination that seemed to give Hall problems against uh, Zahid Valencia. Uh, it was a good match. It was 1-1 most of the way. They, uh, they each got to step out. Um, Hall got a takedown. He had um, kind of like a, a snap or like an elbow pull. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he got to a double, got him up in the air and took him down. Uh, made it 3-1 with like 45 seconds left. And then Jackson... Finally started opening up. Jackson's a great re-attacker, and he has kind of gotten reliant on that. Hall is also really hard to get out of position. Uh, but Jackson didn't have a ton of attempts until late. He uh, got got a step out, and then very late in the match, took a shot, got to a body lock, and got the takedown. Uh, it, was, it was impressive from Jackson, the way he... He just really committed to it and said, I'm, I'm getting this. Jackson does this thing where he like posts with his arm, but he bends it. And it's kind of strange, but it, it seems fairly effective. It seems like it'd be really annoying to wrestle against. Uh, he uses his length well defensively in terms of keeping guys out of, um, out of tight ties, where he wants to generally be at slightly longer range. He can cover distance pretty well with his double. Uh, he's getting better at uh, upper body wrestling, but that mostly comes into play after a shot attempt, and then they kind of come out into an over-under. He doesn't usually look for those positions. He wants to be at longer range when he can. Um, but he couldn't really you know, get Hall to step. He couldn't you know, pull Hall's head down or anything like that. And so it was a lot of... Just collar ties from a distance. Um, I think a lot of Mark Hall matches are going to go that way. And if he can, you know, he, he had one double leg. He had a, a single leg in the first was how he got his step out. If he can take those two attacks, if he can start getting four or five attacks across six minutes, uh, he could actually be pretty dangerous at that weight. Um, Jackson was also impressive the way he... Um, you know, kept kept Hall off of him, and then the way he really turned it up in the last 45 seconds is one of those things where you go, well, why didn't you just do that the whole match? And I'm not sure if it's a, a risk thing, if it's a 
gas tank thing or what, but um, you know, he, he was changing level really well. He was uh, starting to change direction a little bit, um, and it, it looked like very few guys would be able to keep him off their legs. Uh, in the co-main, David McFadden versus Vincenzo Joseph. So this match was announced, but then they didn't put it on like the promotional poster and like the tweet, so I didn't talk about it last week. Um, I'm not sure who I would have picked. Probably McFadden because he's been wrestling more. Um, but I, I would have. Uh, I would not have been too confident about it. Uh, but McFadden just killed him. Um, got a couple of leg laces. Um, you know, was taking him down pretty not easily, but was getting to his legs consistently. Um, and I'm not sure if Joseph just needs a little bit more mad time and a little bit more freestyle, but. McFadden, uh, he's been looking better and better each time out. And he, this was probably his most impressive performance so far. Uh, an another thing that stood out to me was Evan Henderson's win over Anthony Artelona. Uh, Henderson showed some really good defense. There was a point late in the match. Uh, Artelona got in on a high crotch. And Henderson, it looked like he was just done for. And he... He kind of swam his arm over and got to. It was it was a high crash for Artelona. It was it was like a crackdown position, but he was he got much farther than that, and he was able to just pull himself around really easily. And it was the kind of thing that you don't see all that often, especially in the U.S. And I think it really shows the value in keeping guys like Henderson uh, able to uh, keep competing. You know, he's. I think 27 or 28. He's the kind of guy that, I mean, he's not that old. He finished college in 2016. But he's the kind of guy that it seems like he usually doesn't stick around for more than one cycle. He, you know, will train hard for a few years and then it's, all right, well, I'm, I'm kind of done now. Um, and, and part of the reason is that uh you don't make that much money as a competitive wrestler. And if we can start to change that and make it worthwhile for guys to stick around into their late 20s and early 30s, I think it'll help by raising the baseline level, especially of defense, the, the general kind of craft that our guys have, but especially defensively. And if nothing else, it forces our younger guys who are making teams to you know, learn how to finish against those guys. And I think it prepares them uh, pretty well for international competition. So big positive there, like having Evan Henderson around. Uh, College-wise, there were a few really good duels. Um, one that stands out to me is Oklahoma State against Iowa State. Uh, Kyson Tarakina is now wrestling for Iowa State. He's looked pretty good in his first few matches wrestling uh, Mastro Giovanni. From Oklahoma State, it was a really good match. Uh, went to overtime. Master Giovanni won six four. These were all on uh, ESPN Plus. If you want to take a look, uh, Ian Parker was expected to wrestle Cade Brock, which I thought would be a really good match. Uh, instead, it was Dusty Hone, and we found out later Brock has, I think, a torn ACL. Uh, but he's out for the year, and that's probably the end of his career. This is his sixth year of college wrestling. His first college match, he pinned 
uh, Cody Brewer, who was the returning national champ. Everyone had really high expectations for him. And he wrestled, and he, he immediately got injured, uh, tore his ACL like the very next year. Uh, and he wrestled pretty well. He placed the next year at 133. Uh, he went up to 141, did not do as well. Uh, and he, he's really struggled with injuries basically his whole career. He was out last year with injury. Uh, now he's out this year as well. He does have another year because of the free year. He would probably also qualify for a medical year. I don't think he can stay healthy, and I don't think he wants to do another year of college when he knows there's a very good chance he just gets injured. Um, so that's that's sad to see. He's probably done. Parker did wrestle pretty well. He was getting the legs well. He finished pretty cleanly. He, he kept getting reversed. Um, which made the score look a little bit closer than the match felt. Um, but Parker's been having a really good year. He had that loss to Alan Hart, which um, in retrospect is probably not that bad of a loss. Hart is having a great season. Parker uh, just beat Dom Demas. Um, I may write something on Parker later in the year because he's been really fun to watch. At 174... We thought it would be Dustin Plott for Oklahoma State. He's a freshman. Instead, it was Anthony Montalvo, who I think wrestled at that weight last year. They're kind of battling for the spot, but Montalvo went out and he lost to Julian Broderson, which probably kind of seals his fate that Dustin Plott's going to be the guy. Uh, and then the, the biggest match of the night was at 197. Uh, A.J. Ferrari for Oklahoma State. He's kind of a meme. He talks about how he's Italian. Um, he's just kind of strange. He does very strange things. He calls himself Mr. Fast Twitch. Uh, I don't like him, but a lot of people do. He was wrestling younger Bastida from Iowa State. Bastida uh, was a junior and a U23 world medalist. Uh, representing Cuba. He's now training in the U.S. It was a good match. Um, you knew that when um, when it came down to the mat wrestling, Ferrari was going to have the advantage, and Bastida kind of had to get a couple takedowns. Uh, he did not. Ferrari got um, got like a re-attack double late in the match. He, so Ferrari got his escape, so it was 1-0. Uh, Bastida couldn't get him. Couldn't get anything. A, a couple really good scrambles. Um, Ferrari got two off the uh, re-attack. Bastida got a reversal. Um, and then Ferrari uh, re-reversed him. Bastida was looking to um, cut him to make it 4-2 and then hopefully get another takedown. And Ferrari jumped back in on the leg uh, just to kill clock. But then he actually finished it really well. Got the reversal to make it 5-2. Um, Ferrari looked really good. His positioning was really good, um, defensively and offensively. Like when he was in on leg attacks, he was always in really good position to finish. He went through his progression when he was in on that single leg, uh, really, really well. Uh, Bastida also looked pretty good. He could scramble well. He could move well for a guy at that weight. He couldn't 
really set anything up against Ferrari, but I think that speaks more to Ferrari's defensive abilities. But um, the, the big kind of moment from that match was they were in an over-under position, and uh, Ferrari's hand, he, it looked like he was kind of like posting on the hip to keep him, to, to push Bastida away. And then Bastida just turns to the ref and points at his groin, uh, and just like as they're still wrestling, just like looks at him like, are you seeing this? Uh, and then Ferrari moved his hand slightly, which made it very obvious that he was grabbing him. Uh, it was pretty funny that they, they they kept on wrestling with no further incident. Uh, but it's it's been all over Twitter. Uh, it's it has nothing to do with actual wrestling, but it's it's just funny. The, the stupid points guys will probably have some more interesting takes on that whole situation. Uh, in other college news, um, Penn State finally wrestled. Uh, they had not had any matches yet because I guess half their team had COVID-19. They're finally back. They did not have anyone available to wrestle at 125, so they've had to forfeit all. They've had to forfeit that weight in all of their matches. Um, Nick Lee, or uh, Roman Bravo Young at 33 looked good. Nick Lee at 41 looked good. Uh, Verclaren was their 49. Uh, rather than Bo Bartlett, it was rumored that Bartlett would be the guy. Looks like that is not going to be the case. Uh, Brady Berge wrestled 157 and looked good. He's coming off of uh, some fairly serious concussion issues. But if, if he can be back to the level he was a couple years ago, he'll be pretty dangerous. Uh, Joe Lee looked good at 65. 174, the big story was Carter Storaki, who I was really high on. He, uh, Richard Freshman lost to DJ Washington from Indiana. Uh, the match kind of all swung on a throw in the first period. Uh, Washington went out 6-0. Uh, and then Washington took him down again to his back. So it was 10-1, to 1, and then Storaki started coming back. Final was like 11-9 or something like that. Big win for Washington. Uh, Storaki beat, uh, who was it? Someone not that good, and then beat Jared Kratiger from Wisconsin. I think he'll be back on track. It was just kind of one or two mistakes cost him in that match. Uh, Aaron Brooks looked pretty good. He beat uh, some guys who weren't that good, but then he beat Chris Weiler from Wisconsin on uh, the, in the first duel. I should have mentioned at the top, so uh, Penn State wrestled two duels over the weekend. Then on Tuesday, which is very rare, they wrestled Wisconsin. Uh, the reason they wrestled on Tuesday was supposed to be this coming weekend. It was going to be a tri-meet with Michigan at Michigan. But Michigan has shut down all sports for two weeks. Uh, and so they had to kind of reschedule and figure out a, an alternate solution. It ended up being on Tuesday at Wisconsin. So on the weekend, Penn State had a couple different 197s. But uh, on Tuesday, it was Michael Beard, uh, who had like two red shirts or something. He's finally in the lineup. He looked pretty good. Another result that I thought was pretty interesting was... Uh, Chris Weiler for Wisconsin beat Taylor Venz from Nebraska. Weiler uh, is a transfer from Lehigh. He'd been in the kind of 
15th to 20th range, I think, nationally. Um, had never, I didn't think, been really uh, threatening to be in the top 10. He'd had some close matches with those guys. Uh, he might have even beaten a couple good guys, but he'd never really established himself as a, a top 8 or even top 12 type of guy. Uh, here he beat Venz, who's good. It was it was a Taylor Venz versus Chris Weiler type of match. Uh, they're, they're both pretty good everywhere. Uh, they, they both like to kind of get into crazy positions. They both like the crackdown position. They're both good at scoring on the opponent's shot. They're both pretty good on top. Um, they both score a lot of reversals, but also tend to give up reversals because they're so committed to riding and turning on top. Um, they, they always end up in high-scoring matches. Uh, Venz went out 6-0 in this one. Weiler started coming back. Uh, Weiler was down. I, I don't remember exactly the score, but he needed a few takedowns. He... He kept going to this righty high crotch, which kind of goes right into Venz's wheelhouse. Um, you know, the uh, the crackdown position, he's really good. Uh, and, and on his right side, I think, is his better side. Uh, but, I mean, if, if that's your go-to shot with a minute left, that's what you're going to end up going to. Um, and I think fatigue fa played a role a little bit, but... Each time it seemed to get easier and easier for Weiler, and he eventually got a couple takedowns, including one with maybe 20 seconds left to win that match. Score was, I think, 11 to 10. We also had uh, Makai Lewis against Kennedy Monday. Lewis was a national champ in 2019 at 165. Uh, took an Olympic redshirt for 2020, uh, which actually worked out really well because it meant he didn't lose the year. Uh, now ranked number one at 165, but had a really close match with uh, Monday. Uh, Lewis, you know, he stays in really good position. Um, he scored off Monday, tried to hit a slide by, which, um, you know, if, if it doesn't work, if you don't get them off balance, if you don't get them coming forward, you're kind of just presenting your side to them. And so Lewis uh, took advantage of that and just double-legged him. And then most of the rest of the match was uh, Monday just coming after him. It was so he's down 2-0 after the first. He got a takedown in the third. Uh, it was it it took um a lot of work to even get that one. He got to a double, then it was a single, then it was a double again. Uh, finally got him down, and then uh, Lewis got back uh, to make it 4-3 with the escape. And then he was able to just keep him off his legs. Um, Monday got to his legs at the very end, but didn't have time to finish. It felt like a match that Lewis could have won a little bit more convincingly. And I'm not sure if it's a, a David Taylor versus Jordan Burroughs type of situation where he kind of knew exactly what he was doing and he could have tried to widen the gap, but he knew exactly how many he could give up. He knew... He could weather that storm and there's no need to take any sort of risk. Um, but if you let guys stick around, they might get one or two on you and suddenly, you know, you're out of time to score anymore yourself. You know, Dean Heil ran into that situation a lot. Guys would stick around on him and eventually they would get one late and he couldn't come back. Um, and, and so you want to see Lewis kind of widen the gap. You want to see him 
get to more re-attacks. You want to see him get to his own offense, you know. His hallmark has always been being hard to score on and countering really well, but, you know, he, he has some good attacks, and I'd like to see that a little bit more. Looking ahead to uh, some of the big duels this week, we have Virginia Tech against NC State. The uh, marquee match in that one is at 184. Hunter Bolin against Trent Hydley. Bolin, um, both these guys really were kind of seen as contenders to win it last year. Uh, 184 was uh, a really tough wait last year. A lot of guys seemed like they had chances to win it. This year it looks like th uh, those two, uh, Aaron Brooks from Penn State, uh, Miles Amin from Michigan is ranked number one at that weight, but he has not competed yet. Um, and it's also um, kind of still up in the air whether he'll be going 84 or 97 if he ever does wrestle. So I, this could be a, a national final type of match. Bolin has won the past two meetings, 2-1 and 3-1. Um, should be a really good one. Uh, Minnesota is wrestling against Illinois. Pat McKee from Minnesota has looked really good this year. He lost his opening match of the season to uh, Liam Cronin for Nebraska. He did not look very good in that one, but he's he's done really well. He beat uh, Ravon Foley from Michigan State. He, Ravon Foley, looked injured. I don't think he's at his best, but then McKee beat Devin Schroeder from Purdue. That was a, a really big win for him. He'll be taking on Justin Cardani, who's also having... Uh, a pretty good year. Uh, at 165, Andrew Sparks is having a really good freshman season. Uh, he'll be wrestling uh, Danny Bronigal. At uh, 184, Owen Webster had a really good weekend. He beat Max Lyon uh, from Purdue and John Poznanski from Rutgers. Webster's a guy that I think always is going to do his best work at this time of year, late January, early February. He isn't a great scrambler. He isn't super quick, but he's just kind of grimy. He he competes hard. He's really good in certain positions. Um, you know, he's he's never easy to beat. And so at this time of the year, I think when fatigue and just the accumulation of all the matches starts to uh, set in, and some guys aren't at a hundred percent, he does really well. But then uh, a bit later in the year, when everyone's trying to peak. Then um, they kind of catch up, catch back up to him, and he doesn't do as well. But he's definitely a dangerous guy in kind of the month of February. Uh, Oklahoma's wrestling Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's actually ranked number ten right now in uh, WrestleStat, which is pretty good. They're a program that everyone thinks should be much better, and they kind of never have been. You know, they had they brought in Mark Cody as their coach from American, maybe. 10 years ago, uh, and he never really had the success people thought they'd have. They brought in Lou Roselli from Ohio State. He'd been a longtime assistant there, really highly regarded, and they haven't really broken through yet. They've got some good wrestlers. It looks like they've got a pretty solid team this year, so I guess it's good to see them doing well. One of the, the big matches there is at 149, Boo LaWallen for Oklahoma State against uh, Mitch Moore for Oklahoma. Also at 197, Ferrari's going to be wrestling against Jake Woodley. Woodley has had a pretty good season. He's um he's a solid guy. I think a good test for Ferrari against you know Bastida was a good wrestler, but also 
you know, stylistically pretty different from a lot of the 197s, and Woodley, I think, is going to be more conventional, and that'll be probably a better measuring stick for uh, where Ferrari stacks up at this weight. On Sunday, Iowa's going to be wrestling Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is maybe a little bit down this year. Not quite uh, fine, I'll say it. WTF is going on in Columbus right now. Level bad, but um, they only have a few kind of top guys. The way it matches up, there's actually not that many great individual matches. It seems like there's a pretty clear favorite at most of these weights, but it should be a pretty fun duel. That's going to be it for this week. Uh, next week, uh, we'll have some recaps. I might try and bring on a guest, um, especially now that things are a little bit slower. There's not as much you have to get through. We can try and go a little more in-depth into some of these matches. Hopefully you guys enjoy watching some wrestling this weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.